Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market so when i left hospital in the end i actually cried because it was my second home and i didn't want to leave you were there for what two and a half months did yeah you say? that's a long time that is a long time lived in london rent free <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. How are you doing, Al? Good, good. I was about to say I'm Em Clarkson because I was looking at you. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Give me something good. Tell me tell me what's up. Whenever you say that, I have that your fri- Friday song, Feel Good Friday song in my head. Tell me something good. Tell me yeah, something good. It sticks in my head forever. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm, there are worse things to have stuck in your head. Like a wasp. Well, that's true. But you know me, I like sad, sad, depressing music. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I'm going to start with my awkward because it just happened, if that's okay. I am desperate to know what this is because I've got that fear where someone's talking about you. No, no. For context, (laughs) listeners, before she tells us what the awkward is, the awkward for me, we were just on a meeting, having a, a meeting, me and Al and Daisy and somebody else. And when we got off, when the other person got off and it was just me and Al and Daisy left, Daisy went... Oh, Em, Al sent me a text during that. I need to tell you. And I was like, don't tell her. Like, what do you mean, don't tell me? Now I've got a complex. So it I'm excited. It's not about you, I promise. So we were on, yeah, we were on this uh, v, v important business meeting. But Daisy, I could see Daisy's dog, Spinach, behind her, lying on her bed. And he looked so cute. And I was like, oh, my God, look at him. So I said to Daisy, I put in a private message to Daisy on Zoom, Spinach, heart, heart. And she replied, I know, little baby. And then I wrote, because I thought, oh, I want to snuggle him, right? I was like, oh, I want to cuddle him. So I wrote, I want to snug him. But it it auto-corrected to I want to snog him. <laughs> <laughs> that's wanna. illegal I didn't even say I I just said wanna snog him <laughs> yeah. oh worth when was the last time you had a snog like a full on snog with a like, dog no with a human you absolute beast um, <laughs> like, like I know, really. shit. I know. I know. that's a lot I know that is Ooh. a lot isn't it yeah, yeah. Ooh. gross <laughs> tongues are so weird I swear to god definitely like, not with you- Dave <laughs> yeah, no, more likely Betty. Uh, yeah, tongues are so weird. They're like mouth slugs. I've definitely Ugh. snogged Betty more than I've snogged Dave this past year. <laughs> I do. Yeah, with tongues, no doubt. No doubt. Licky Linda. Oh. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's my girl. Vile. Um, my own good is that yes. I, I trekked. I went and did the trek um, around what the second largest lake in the Lake District with my haggies. Yes. And it was just amazing. It was so beautiful. The furthest I've ever hiked, I think. It was 25 kilometres. It was just absolutely unreal. Like, best day, best people. Such an adventure. Loved it. Can't wait to do it again next year. It did look really, really good. It was your idea of hell, our personal hell. We went up, we went down. <laughs> it was. We when went I far. say it looked good, like it looked good from like your perspective, it, but yeah, not for me, my perspective. It was, it was peak. It was so good. Oh god, it's just reminded me of this meme that I was going to send to you, and I forgot. My best friend just told me she hates me. Actually, she said she wants to go hiking, but it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when um, when I was signing up for the trek for myself, I sent it to so many of my friends to see if any of them wanted to come with me and I didn't even bother sending it to you. I was like, it's just no way. It's just no way. I'm glad you didn't. I am very I breathless at the moment. I didn't know good. <laughs> Honestly, before, I think it was even before pregnancy, I wouldn't have sent it to you. No way. Thank you. Just Thank you like, for just knowing. Yeah, I just know. I yeah. want to save you the awkwardness of having to say no, having to come up with an excuse. <laughs> I know. Having to fucking fret about it for two weeks. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I, really I know, no. I was like, I'm not going to do that to her. I like it too much. She's got enough going on. Thanks. Have you got anything bad? My bad is that Arlo's not very well. Oh, not she's well not. She'll be fine, but she's just not been well. And it's been, it's just been like the worst. It's literally the worst. Like me and Alex lying in bed last night. We didn't sleep last night because she's not well. She had a crazy fever. And you just lie there and you think, oh my God, how can I love something this much? That makes me worry. Like, it's just, oh. yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst, but she'll be fine. Oh. So we're just, I know. I know. That's so horrible. They're so helpless as well, aren't they? I know, they and she like, can't talk. Say, yeah. I know, I know. Bless her. So, no, she's fine. She's okay. fine. She's just, what, like, just, it's just a worry. It's just a little worry. Yeah, it must be so scary, but she'll get, she'll be all right. She'll, she'll be, be all right. Yeah. Anything bad yourself? Yes. Um, I nearly killed a dog. Bad. Oh, so, my God. Very bad. What, you trying bad. to snog, snog them? Kill them? <laughs> snog, marry, avoid. What's that <laughs> Uh, uh, my good has got to be that I've, I've, yeah, I've married one now. Snog, marry, kill. Snog, marry, kill. So I made this flapjack. Oh, the flapjack I talked about last week. Yeah, the good from last week. Oh my God. My good from last week turned into my bad from this week. Well, that's synergy. Made the flapjack. Honestly, it's very good, but I put a shit ton of like seeds and raisins and cranberries and stuff in there. Obviously dogs are very allergic to raisins poison i have them in the house but i keep them on the very top shelf and when i put them in the flapjack i'm just very obviously very careful about it right because i don't want to poison betty anyway my sister loves this flapjack so much she loves it it's her favorite thing so i took her over a batch yeah and put it on her and gave it to her and she put it on the kitchen counter and she had some and she was like yum anyway uh, yum because i'm amazing at cooking anyway she, she's got two dogs. She left it on the kitchen counter, the flapjacks. We went into the living room. And literally two minutes later, by the time we come back, her dog had, her beagle had gotten up onto the counter and eaten all the flapjacks of raisins, full of raisins. So yes, we went straight to the vet and the poor thing. And he's the most scared dog in the entire world. And he had to stay overnight at the vets. Oh my God, you really did a number on him. 
I know. Killer flapjack. Killer flapjack. I know. I know. Wow. But my good is that he's fine. He survived. I didn't kill a dog. <laughs> my bad is I nearly did. My good is that he. I didn't. So we love the continuity. <laughs> Yes. Nice. Okay. And um, my bad. Awkwards. Awkwards. Um, yes. Oh, uh, you know what? So yeah, last week my awkward, my last awkward was that I had an infected toenail or bad or something. I, t- I told you all about my infected toenail last week, and then the week before I told you that flies kept landing on my head. And actually, uh, I know. Like, come what's on. wrong with you? Exactly. That's it. My awkward is like, I'm just fucking gross, and I should have kept it to myself. Although, in an upcoming episode, I did talk about once having a Veruca. So there's that. And actually, that's been quite important for me. But also, like, I just, I don't like this picture that I've painted of myself. I don't feel like it accurately portrays me. Because actually, the truth is, I'm terrified of smelling. Like, my cleanliness is actually, I don't know where it's come from. I've got a weird thing about clean. Like, I really enjoy being, like, not even enjoy, I need to be clean. And I feel like I haven't accurately portrayed that part of myself. I think I've painted a false picture. Not for, I mean... Partly, I just it's, don't think I've told the whole story, and I, it's less I need the to infected write that wrong. toenail. It's less of that because that's not dirty. That's just like I don't know, bad, like bad. It's just an infection. It's the flies landing on you that gets me. Like why they're landing on you? I know. Yeah. And what that's I don't like right. is that we dedicated loads of time to working out why they f- why, and I just wish we hadn't done that. I wish we could have been like, oh, weird flies, and just left it. But instead, we were like, oh, maybe it's because you don't wash your hair, or maybe it's because you're breastfeeding, or maybe it's because your toenails are infected, or maybe, maybe, maybe. And I wish we hadn't done that because it's you not can't me. Take it back. It's them. It lives I on know. the internet. I just in wish we perpetuity. had. I just wish we had. I just wish we had. We didn't. I, we. Did. I just wish we had. Okay. Let it go. Well, okay, that's my awkward. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait for the next instalment of Snog Marry Kill. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be stunning. We have a guest this week, as we do every other week. Fuck, I'm so awkward doing that. Um, our guest this week, Millie Pickles, the one and only. Absolute legend. Millie. For so long. So and, long. Yeah, we've talked about having Millie on for, for ages and ages. We both absolutely love following her. And then we saw, the, well, you'll hear about it, but she did the most epic challenge a month ago. And when we saw it, we were like, get that girl in the studio immediately. Yeah. And fortuitously, she agreed. Here's Millie. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, welcome, world record holder oh. to the studio. How are you doing? Congrats. I'm really good. I'm great. What an intro. I love it. <laughs> We're here today having just won, no, become, have set the world record. Do you win a world record? Yeah. Isn't well, it? I felt like if it was a Guinness World Record and they were there recording it, then maybe. Would it be a Guinness World Record? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a, technically a world record holder because I'm the first amputee to ever complete the world's steepest, toughest race, 400 metres. So right now I'm the record holder. And then if I keep doing it and amputees come in, if I've got the best time, then I guess I'm still a record holder. So with the Guinness Book of Records, would you go in it right now? No, because they have to be there to like check it. And they They have have to, to... yeah, they have to be there. So when people go in it for like having the longest fingernails in the world, like someone's Someone's... checked that. Yeah. What? Yeah, they have to be there to check. What? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously, right? No, but also, like, how do you know? I'm just going to write in and be like, my fingernails are the longest in the world. Great, you're in the book. You know, how do they know? Like, what happens if, like, you're the fastest... Like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But what if, like, NASA are going to space and they're going to be like, this is going to be, like, the fastest rocket. Oh, let's just call the guys from the book to come down. Like, surely they'd trust that. Because you'd lie otherwise. But even on content online, even though I did do it, somebody could pretend that they did it, just film bits of it and be like, oh, I did it. So they have to check. 
So would you do it again and invite the people from the book to come and watch? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm doing it next year, 100%. So I will invite them. You heard it here first. Can you explain (laughs) it? So it's called the Red Bull 400. Yeah. So essentially... I hadn't heard of it until three weeks prior and Rebel contacted oh, me. Yeah, three I had, weeks? Uh, three weeks. I had no idea. And they contacted me and said, would you be interested in this? And they sent me a video and I saw this hill and I was like, oh my God, can I even do this? But because after my accident, I just really wanted to start living my life because it was so nearly taken from me. I've become kind of like a yes man to everything. Mm. So I was like, yeah, okay. And I just thought I'll deal with it at the time. But um, yeah, so it's the steepest, toughest 400 meter race in the world. And it's a ski jump, which you just run up essentially. And the ski jump is where they hold the Olympics and like World, ki- world Skiing Cup. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Really, it sounds awful. <laughs> it literally sounds horrendous. You run it up looks ski- horrendous it, as well. Yeah. On your vlogs and on your videos, I was like, it looks awful. <laughs> I, like horrendous. Do you know what's funny though? When you look at it, you can see the green grass but people think that's the end and then there's more at the top which it goes ridiculously steep and it goes up to 78 degree incline so it's so steep and it's so long and it's actually more of endurance because yeah it was 400 meters but it took me 17 minutes 26 seconds it would take me my How whole long? life 17 minutes 26 seconds yes yeah, i think it would take me that long just to do 400 same. meters at a zero percent gradient <laughs> Yeah, it does take me like 23 minutes to walk a mile, so we're not far off that. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. It really was. Were you scared of fall- like falling back down the hill? Weirdly, no. I think my character, even with my accident, when I found out what was like happening, all the surgeries and all the risks, nothing in me was worrying about what was going to happen. I just thought, I'm not. I'm just going to block it out. Yeah. So I didn't actually think about falling down, weirdly. Um, and I think as well, you don't fall down because it's so steep that you go on all fours. And I think that saves you mm. because my foot was slipping. So yeah, it, you, you could, but no, no one ever has, so... No one's ever fallen no, backwards. No, I would. That would be an absolute car crash. <laughs> I'd, make, I'd set a record. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it. <laughs> Honestly, it'd be like bowling. Everyone's just getting knocked out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. I've got the right me. shoes for that. <laughs> yeah. You come prepared. We love yeah. it. If you don't mind, would you mind telling us a little bit about the journey, like rewinding you? Yeah, to, of course. To to your accident and getting you from there to what you've just done, because you put up an amazing video last night on the day of recording, where it was like it maybe I watched it like four times. Alex was like, "What is that audio?" Because it was like it was it, you it, the audios. It yeah. was amazing. It was you doing the climb, and then the, like it was hardcore music, and then the music stopped and went to like soft piano, and it's you. In your rehab, like... Yeah. And it was really emotional seeing how far you've come. Thank you. So would you be able to tell us a little bit about, like, that journey and where you started? Yeah, of course. So I was 20 years old at the time and I was working at Chelsea Football Club in marketing on my internship because I was at uni studying marketing at Bournemouth. And it's so funny because when I got the job, I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, um, like, this is, like, my dream job. And it's so funny because I think... If, if I knew back then what was going to happen to me, crazy. Um, but yeah, I was two months in and I had an accident. I got electrocuted and I was essentially fighting for my life and my legs. It is a miracle that I'm alive. So I was in hospital for two and a half months. I went to three different hospitals. I had over 25 surgeries because when you're internally burning, 
you internally burn for weeks so it felt like I was being electrocuted for about three weeks oh my god yeah it was not it was not pleasant did and not realise that no because your muscles are burning essentially so they kept having to do debridement which is where they take away dead muscle because it just kept on burning so um, yeah it was not great and I had like loads of infections fevers it was it was a tough time but um, I just remember all the surgeons came into my room about two weeks later and they said you know we've been weighing up the pros and cons of keeping a leg, not keeping a leg, and then they were listing them all to me. And I just remember interrupting them and I was like, I'm so sorry, but I, I've seen my leg. It's in a really bad way. I know it needs to go. Because I just didn't want to spend my whole entire time for the next two years coming in and out of hospital, fighting for something that was quite clearly dead. Mm. And I just wanted to get back to my life. So um, he was like, you sure you're making the right decision? I was like, yeah, I think so. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, wow. But the thing is, when they all left the room, it, I find it crazy to this day how I reacted because I had a few tears. There wasn't many at all. And I turned to my parents and I said, well, at least I can be in the Paralympics now. And that was genuinely the first thing I said. Which, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, what can I do now that I couldn't do before? And it was like my brain was trying to quickly think. And that's what I came up with. Um so, yeah, and I think I had that mentality a lot throughout hospital. So yeah. I didn't ever really think, why me? Why is this happening to me? I just kind of was like, what, what can I do? So I started learning Spanish and I was reading. Um, I'd say the main negative thing that I felt was nobody would fancy me now, which is crazy to think because, you know, I was a young girl and yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are people that wouldn't fancy me, but I just started to think, really negatively about that and I felt really insecure but then I just thought to myself well if if people think that I don't really want to know them anyway mm-hmm. right because they're clearly not a good person so um yeah anyway so I when I came out of hospital two and a half months later um I got a prosthetic leg within a month and I'm a very determined person so I was very good at walking again and running and trying to do all these things. Um, So I came out of physio really quickly and I returned to work at Chelsea within two months. So it was four months. Yeah. (laughs) Your face. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because I thought to myself, this is an internship. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity because it's incredible. Mm. So I need to get back and work and get as much valuable information and knowledge as I can to set me up for my career. So yeah, I returned within two months. Um... And I was going in a few days and they were really flexible, let me work from home. So I was doing the working from home thing like (laughs) way before um, lockdown. But um, (laughs) yeah, so I did that. And then I always like had a goal. So I I was like, okay, I am going to learn to walk. And then I started to learn to DJ. And in the meantime, (laughs) I probably sound crazy, don't I? Because I started to learn to DJ. And then I was um, doing marketing courses. And there was so much that I was just trying to focus my energy and time on rather Mm. than thinking like negatively yeah which I did I was concerned is it going to affect me one day am I am I just hiding how I'm truly feeling by doing all these other things to shut to my brain so I had like three therapists because I was I was really wanting to make sure that I am actually okay mm. and um even to this day six years later I am genuinely okay and I think it's just because I know how it could have been and I'm so great oh. I don't want to cry <laughs> I can feel it coming oh. um I know what it could have been um, honestly, I'm such an emotional wreck oh, with no, everything don't. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me cry because um, it's actually like the Red Bull thing. It makes me realise how far I've come. And like, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You've come so, so far. far. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like you just, yeah. 
took something that is so that could have and and has completely changed your life but i think you've taken something that maybe could have ruined your life and just allowed it to change your life yeah rather than it's just a really remarkable attitude that you've had towards this towards what happened to you yeah i'm such a forward thinker i don't always stop and reflect so i do occasionally but this is like a huge thing that's like, mm. well, okay, really reflect now. And I think that's why I keep yeah. crying. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I was saying, I um, know what it could have been. Mm. And I'm, I know I'm so lucky to be alive. Mm. And originally I was going to lose both my legs right at the top. So the fact that my surgeons managed to save yeah. half, well, half, well, but one leg and half of the other. And yeah, I've got, you know, I've got three toes on my human foot. I've got various like scars and injuries in my body. But to me, that's nothing in comparison to not being here. So... I just really felt like I learned the value of life and I just wanted to live it, which is why I've pushed myself and I've done all the things that I've done, even though to us, it might seem like, you know, is it going to catch up with me? I've really done the work and it hasn't. And I I don't know why, but I think that's why. I think because I'm so lucky to be here. You know? Has that always been your mentality? Have you always been like that kind of person of for lack of a better term, like glass half full, you know, like have you always been like that or was it the accident that flipped something in you so I'm very lucky that I've never ever like had like struggled with mental health my whole entire life and I think that's probably because of my upbringing as well like the way I've been brought up um I'm the youngest of four so I've always you know dealt with like big brothers and scrappy yeah scrappy (laughs) um and people at school being mean to me or whatever so I've I've always had very thick skin Mm. uh I would never have even been aware or self-aware enough to know if I had you know my glass empty or full but I think my accident really showed me how my mind works and how positive I actually am and Mm. That's why I'm so glad my accident happened and I would never go back in time and change it because I've learned so much about myself. So, yeah, mm. I think it was always innate within me, but it, this has just shown me how much. Mm. Oh, so you wouldn't change it? No way. Oh no. My God. No. You said they were originally going to take remove both your legs. When you gave them the, the go-ahead to be like, yeah, this isn't, and they said, are you sure? Was that to remove one or was that both? Yeah, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that in the six years. So that's that's a good question. So within the two weeks of them doing debridement, I mentally prepared myself. I was like, I'm in so much pain, I can feel this. I even said to my mum, if they have to amputate my leg, I don't care. I'm in that much pain. Yeah. And so when they were doing all of that for the two weeks, that's when they were aware, that, okay, one's responding really well. Mm-hmm. We might not need to amputate that, but the other one is not great. So when I had that conversation with them, it was about the one leg. Yeah, okay. um, and I had no idea where the amputation would be, if it was through the knee, above the knee, below. Um, but yeah. And my surgery was like, <laughs> it's quite funny. My surgery was 10 hours long. And this is what I mean about when there were risks and they were telling me what could happen. That was not even on my radar. When he told me it was yeah. a 10-hour surgery, I said to my surgeon, I went, God, that's a really long, that's a really long shift. I hope you get a break. <laughs> like, that was genuinely my reaction. And he laughed and he was like, Millie, there's like natural pauses within the surgery. I'll, I'll have a break. Like my brain wasn't even like no. thinking about the negativity because for me, why worry about something twice? If it's going to happen, just worry about it then. Yeah. Because then you're just making yourself have unnecessary stress. Yeah. 
So it was more like a jolly for me. Yeah. Which sounds crazy. But it is a str- I always thought it's the surgeons that have to be stressed. Yeah. Not you. You'd yeah. still lie there. Yeah. Like, they're the ones. And you're asleep, like, right? Exactly. It's great. You'd hope. You'd hope. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I never thought about that either. Like, not, you know. But when I um, was in hospital, I loved going to surgery. People were wishing me luck. And I thought, this is great for me. Like, I'm enjoying it because I was in a side room on my own obviously my family visited me every day because they're incredible but I was always on my own and it was quite boring mm. so anytime I went down to the fl- fourth floor which is where the all the surgeries took place it was amazing yeah. because I'd be wheeled out of my bed people would be waving like bye Millie good luck I'd be getting to see different people I'd go downstairs I'd see the anaesthetist and like because I was in hospital for so long I became like good pals with them so it was like oh how are you how was your holiday like oh. it became an exciting thing for me so when I left hospital in the end I actually cried because it was my second home and I didn't want to leave because yeah. you were there for a while positive. yeah you left what two and a half months yeah. did you say that's a long time that is a long time Lived in London rent free. (laughs) (laughs) Got fed. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Um, I didn't realise that you keep on being you keep on being electrocuted. Yeah, keep on being. I would have thought they'd have found something to like stop that or like gather the electric. I don't don't, don't know. I don't know how it works, but that's horrendous. Yeah, because thirty-seven percent of my body was burnt. So it was it was a lot. <laughs> Do you have any lasting yeah. um, impact beyond your leg from the accident now? It's funny because yes, but it's a positive one. I I always think how did my accident affect me, and obviously physically it did, but yeah. mentally it's I've always been very driven, but it's increased it tenfold, and. Hence, I just want to do everything and live my life to the max. And I think that's an incredible thing. But I think it also can be negative at the same time because I'm always pushing myself Mm. and it's important to sit back, relax sometimes. I've burnt out numerous times because I'm always like, go, go, go. Mm. Um, And I think obviously it's great to achieve and do these amazing things in life. But also there's so much like amazing simplicity there's so much amazement in simplicity with you know just doing nothing Mm. reading seeing your friends so lately I've been really trying to get a good balance with Mm. that so it's funny because externally that looks like a really positive thing but I think it's also could be negative yeah you seem very self-aware though of the fact that you could be for lack of a better term running away from yeah from your feelings yeah which would be completely fair enough if you did want to do that as well (laughs) but like it's because I don't want to do that because I, the thought of something catching up on me. Yeah. Because, yeah, a lot of my accident, my brain's pretty fragmented. Like, I remember bits, I don't remember bits. And so I don't know fully what happened to me. And so that could eat me up. And I could be like, what on earth? Why have I lost my leg? I don't really truly know. Yeah. And so that could, yeah, that could be a struggle. But then with that, I just think, okay, well, if I'm not meant to know, I'm not meant to know. And if I did know, then it'd probably be a worse situation. It's an incredible attitude you have, though. I know, yeah. that's amazing. To just make put, peace with it. Yeah. To, but, make peace with not knowing as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. So what's me stressing about not knowing going to do? How do your family take that? Like, I, I don't know if... Like, I'm such a nosy person if it were my, my like someone that I was really close to I guess maybe I'd want to like push for answers and push for I oh, don't know yeah. how are your family like that oh 100% when I write a book one day I'll write all about that but yeah. my mum is just incredible I was actually on the radio yesterday bigging her up she got emotional and now she'll get emotional with this oh. but yeah my mum is incredible oh. um she is an absolute fighter and I definitely get a lot of 
the way that I am from my mum. And she was really fighting to find out what happened. Um, And unfortunately, we tried, Mm. but it wasn't successful. Um, And so I actually, my mum struggled more than I did because obviously it's her baby. And she said, if I could give you my leg, I would. I'd rather be the one. And so she wanted peace with accepting what had happened Mm. because I guess she wants justice for her child, right? Mm. But... You know, I, I'm fine. I think that helps her now because yeah. that gives her, you know, peace in her own way. How do you, because you don't really talk about your accident and uh, why should you? Yeah. But how do people react to that? Is it an, is it an annoying, like, because when you share anything about yourself on the internet, like people want to know everything about yeah. it. There's a lot of like trauma porn and like, there's a lot, people are just fucking nosy as well. Like, do you, does that come up a lot? I mean, I imagine you just spend your whole life with people going, how did you lose your leg? Oh, yeah. I, all the time. Um, in my DMs, comments, all the, all the time, I get it. And I understand why. But it's when people are commenting and then other people are commenting back. and Because tr- I haven't said they're trying to come up with their own solution in their mind of what's happened. Mm. Then it's like some investigation threads in my comments and then people making up all these different things. And I just read it and I think, you're all like, what are you, what are you doing? You're so wrong. Yeah. And I actually saw a comment the other day which someone said, I would have followed you, but because you're not transparent and tell us what happened to you, I'm not going to follow you. And I was just like, what? But, e- but e- even so I can do what I want. Like if I don't want to share, I don't have to share. Yeah, of course. So it's crazy yeah. that people think that, but... Those... We are so entitled. That's <laughs> oh like, my god! Yeah, you not transparent. I know. I was like, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Do you want to just know every single deepest, darkest thought I've ever had? Everything <laughs> that ever happened to me. But if I did, they'd say stop oversharing. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, stop talking about yeah, yeah. more than just that. Like... Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. So um, yeah. I I'm again. I don't really care. I just they don't know me. I take that really well. And to be honest, a lot of the time, majority of the time, mm. it's really positive, and I'm so grateful that it is. Yeah. Um. Is it a conscious decision to keep details, you know, to, to not share details in order to, like, protect yourself? Not even, actually. Um, I guess, like, a small part of it, but I do want to share it at some point. And I think the best way, because I love to write, and I think the best way is in a book. I think social media could get yeah. a bit out of hand mm. because it's such a complicated, from what I do know, it's very complicated, doesn't really make sense um, mm. story. So... I think the best way is just to write it down. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, you so, need a book. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I will. It's just when the time's mm. right. And I, to be honest, in hospital, I journaled every single day. And I was reading through, yeah. I've literally got a whole, like, one of A4 documents that I typed up afterwards of everything that had happened and memories. And I just really want to share that with people because yeah. I had no idea that I'd be in this position or I would even write a book. But I'm mm. so glad that I have that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. and when you're out and about as well I mean is that like I don't know how are people with you no they know they're strangers oh my gosh it actually blows my mind really it's crazy so I get it all the time where people will come up to me and knock on my car door if I'm parked and disabled and tell me I'm not allowed to park there fuck off and it's just because I'm young that people assume and I'm like no but this is the thing I'm very glad that I'm confident because when they do that and I say I'm like, no, I've got a prosthetic leg or whatever, which I shouldn't have to do. Yeah. And I always think about people with invisible disabilities yeah. that they don't, they can't prove. So then it makes you feel really rubbish. But the satisfaction that I get when I do show and, and they're like, oh God. And I'm like, that's why you should never, ever yeah. ask because Presume, you don't know what someone's yeah. going through. But another example, recently, 
I was walking along with my boyfriend to Oval Station and um, this guy, my leg was on show, I was in shorts, it's hot. This guy ran up after me and he was like, oh, excuse me. And the energy was, I thought that I'd potentially drop something and he was helping mm. me pick it up. And considering I get this all the time, the fact that I wasn't picking up on what he was going to ask, but my boyfriend said he was really aware. And we turned around and the guy was like, oh, excuse me, like, can I just ask what happened to you? <gasps> you are absolutely kidding no, me. No, I get it all the time. And my boyfriend was like, we really mind that, actually, and just grabbed me. He reacted so quickly because sometimes I'm in a state of shock. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm good, sometimes I can't. And also, what if I'm really struggling? You have no idea how I'm feeling and that could ruin my day. That could have been the first time I've ever worn shorts out. I'm insecure and you've just made me feel even yeah. worse. And I, it's, it's even like going up to someone and being like, why, why do you have hair like that? Like, what? Why are you questioning someone? Why are you singling them out? Like, mm. what What on earth? What? What For what benefit is that? Mm. Just to make you, yes, you know, be satisfied from your nosiness. Mm. Literally, I'm absolutely what? stunned. So he's just, he was just curious. Curious. But then it's like, okay, he tried to justify himself afterwards and I don't even know what he said. But if they if they do, it's like, what, what, what makes you think that's okay? Like, mm. I, it honestly blows my mind. And that's not the first time. I get it a lot. Mm, really? um, yeah. It's wild that people think that they can just ask that. It, I don't think there is any crazy. justification for that. Like, there couldn't be a justification for running up to you in the street. In the street. Asking what happened to your it leg. Wasn't, it wasn't even like you're walking past me. It was, it was like, you're running you. after me. But it, even when I just came out of hospital, I was in a shopping centre, first time in my wheelchair with my brother. And this lady was like, oh, I like your glasses. But no, it was a way in to ask me what happened because straight away she went, what happened to you after? And I was like... <laughs> the human condition is actually fucked. Isn't we it? are so isn't nosy, it? it's really not all right. But I think maybe because I have it on the show, people think they can. I guess if women are wearing like short shorts, they think they can like wolf well, whistle or whatever. Ask but no. If you think maybe being a young woman as well, like if that, um, I don't know. I don't know because I think often like young women in sport, I'm quite aware of this. Like actually, it's what my mum said in an interview recently. We had my mum on because she does the mm. Ironman triathlon. Yeah. Stuff, she's a little tank. But she said the way that she gets spoken to so much is so condescending. Yeah. Um, just there mm. are some environments that I think people feel that they have permission to mm. speak on behalf of or speak rudely to young yeah. men in a way that they wouldn't necessarily speak about. I don't know if that's yeah. the case, but I don't know if maybe just the way that you hold yourself and live your life is so confident and like, yeah, what, there's people, something that people need to work that out in their heads. Yeah, they think it's okay. Yeah. Which I can understand that, but also just, I think it's common decency to just know to back off yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what you're just saying people about being condescending people come up to me for example in the gym and they're like can, can I just say what you're doing is amazing and they even say I don't mean to be condescending patronising I just want to let you know that I think you're great and you inspire mm. motivate me and it's interesting because speaking to other disabled people that is really some people hate it some people like it really? some people don't mind because in a way it's like you're singling me out again mm. and you're making me feel different I am literally just here in the gym, like just like you. Mm. Stop saying I'm an inspiration. Stop, mm. because they don't. They want to feel part of society, not excluded. Mm. And I completely understand that. But then I also, on the flip side, think people don't mean any harm. If you've motivated them, then great. And yeah. I don't actually mind it. But that's also really interesting because some people view that as you know patronising. Well, I guess it's different for everyone. Yeah. Is it a positive thing for you, or is it is it just like you're indifferent? For me, 
I want to be part of society yeah. and, and I think that's important and that's why I share everything because I think people need the awareness and to know. But at the same time, it is hard for me. So if people say, like, congrats, I'm like, mm. thank you because I'm actually really trying. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate the recognition. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, everybody's... Just because you're all, you and other people are also disabled, it doesn't mean that you're all the same just right. because you're disabled. So yeah. That's yeah. completely fair enough yeah. that but you all have different... Even every amputee is so different. Yeah. Like, with my yeah. leg, I can't feel too... Like, so if somebody's touching my leg, anything mm. external, I can't feel it. I can only feel really internally with phantom limb pain and things like that. Mm. So with my prosthetic, I don't know I'm in really bad pain until it's too late and I end up in hospital again. Right. So I go from zero to 100, whereas other amputees might have pain from their prosthetic because it's always bashing. And there's so many different mm. elements that go into being an amputee if you're above, below, everything like that, mm. if you've got a fake knee. So yeah, we're, we're all so different. Our experiences mm. are so different. And I think that's really important for people to know. And everyone feels yeah. different, differently. Yeah. Yeah. Were you worried about that going into the Red Bull 400 then, that if you can't feel an injury, were you concerned that, there was going to be one without without you knowing yeah definitely before I was like putting talcum powder on my leg deodorant yeah. you know covering it all up taking it off I'm I have to be really proactive with it because if I'm not then it's too late mm. so whilst I was doing it there are so many things that I just thought I have no idea because it gets ridiculously hot so I thought it might s slip and fall off which would be car crash because if <laughs> imagine a prosthetic yeah. leg rolling oh down I can move a lap <laughs> Yeah, ah, it's metal. Yeah, like yeah. painful. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, how would I finish? And yeah. um, it lost the twist around a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I had no idea what to expect. And with it being steep, I didn't know if I'd be able to actually go up the whole way. Because when I practiced with my running blade, and I was trying to see what was better, the running blade or the prosthetic leg, the walking one, the running blade, you have to push into it to propel you forwards. And because it is so steep, you yeah. can't push into the blade mm. so I was dragging it along and so I just thought is that what's going to happen with my walking leg when it gets so steep and it did a few times to be fair I was more dragging it along than anything but um I was luckily okay but it was scary because I avoid rocks I avoid hills mm. I'm always having to hold on to people even with the smallest yeah. gradient in case I fall and there I was going into danger zone and I just thought I I've never ever been tested like this in my entire life I have no idea what to expect and I'm trying to take on the balls oh this race um with three weeks notice yeah and six no days of training and I and I hadn't walked for three months this year and I because of that I'd hardly trained and I'd gained like a stone and I, I wasn't strong so I just thought what on earth why am I doing this but um I just focused on my mind and I just thought that's going to carry me through because my mind's more important yeah. um, and it did so I'm very happy about that <laughs> honestly your mind's, your mind's amazing we all it need is. a bit of your mind Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I remember the first time you went running with your blade. Because um, that was like, was that that? I mean, I no. remember like, fully on two years ago. Yeah. Um, That's a long time. Yeah. So what's, um, when you when you came out of rehab, like obviously you have to relearn how to walk. Yeah. And I'm guessing dry. Like, I mean, yeah, yes. you have to do like, you have to learn everything again. What was the... What was the point? Was it? Did you keep in your head the Paralympic thought, like to get back to exercise? Was that the like, yeah, immediate goal? Was exercise? So no, this is an interesting one. I think with how I am on social media, people will probably think that I've been like this forever, and I actually haven't. So I, I've always been very sporty when I was younger, and I, I was, I literally did every sport under the sun, and then I always wanted to go to the gym, but I was so scared to go to the gym. And I've always done team sports, doing that on my own, having no idea what to do. It took me years to join. My friends would go and I still wouldn't go. And then I finally plucked up the courage the night before my accident, coincidentally, went to a gym class and I was so proud of myself. And the then before. the night before, because oh, wow. I broke up with my ex and I was like, you know, come back season, I'm going to you know, get a really good body. Um, no, ended up losing my leg the next day. <laughs> Oh, oh my the God. night before. Yeah. God, that's the weird. thing is, I've shared that online and people think my accident was related to the gym, but it wasn't. No. Um, but yeah, the very next day, I was like, you can't write it. But um, so yeah, I then had to go to the gym afterwards because I was so weak. Mm. I couldn't do anything and I, I need to be strong to figure out how to walk. Mm. So I re-entered the gym feeling even more insecure, scared, vulnerable. I'm in a wheelchair and... It was it was scary, um, but my goal was to just be a gym girl, and I just really wanted to do that. But the thing is, I obviously was really immobile for so long. I got into really bad eating habits because when I was in hospital, I couldn't eat for like properly for two weeks at the beginning, so I lost a lot of weight. And I was told I need to eat and eat, and I really went with that. I was having Subways, McDonald's, <laughs> Starbucks every single day, and then I just continued that, and you know, got binge eating disorder, and so I was getting bigger and bigger. And I lost my leg, obviously. And then I, like, over half of my hair fell out due to trauma. Um, and so when I looked in the mirror, it's really weird. Mm. I I saw myself, but also didn't at the same time because I, externally I looked completely different to who I remember. But inside, I was still the same Millie. So I didn't feel any type of way to the person that I saw in the mirror because I still saw myself from my mental mind That's it was amazing, really though. yeah it's really strange because I, I don't know how I did that and I wish I knew to share some tips but yeah I think my accident made me realize how strong mentally I am yeah and then physically obviously it took a loss because I lost my leg and everything like that and so it was like I was not aligned which is I find interesting because you know how it's like your your mind mm. speaks to you like first before your body mm. But in that situation, actually, like, it, it kind of wasn't that, but it was at the same time. I don't know, basically. It's quite confusing for me to try and figure out because mm. I've tried to. But, mm. um, but anyway, I then gained so much weight, then stopped going to the gym because 
I went back to university and I was just so focused on getting a first because I thought I didn't nearly die to not get a first. So like (laughs) I really went in on that and I wasn't exercising at all then. Um, So my walking wasn't too great, but I was walking, so I was happy. Um, So there was like a long period of time where I didn't actually exercise and I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, in the place that I am now. And I think it really pushed me to the point where I was like, okay, I am so fed up of like not moving or not feeling as good as I did before because you know I'm just eating loads of rubbish foods you know I'd be in my bedroom on my own and like my housemates would come in and try and take food away from me and I was just like no and I'd have like two full packs of Pringle tubs and like a whole pack of like you know animal biscuits and like two family bags of minstrels Maltesers and I would demolish that in no joke less than five minutes and so it was that was bad in a way but I was still really happy mm. it's so yeah, it's, it's strange, but um, it just got to a point after I finished university, got my first, and I just thought, okay, this is I need to take control of my life now and get back into the gym and do things. And so that's when I started to lose the weight from going to the gym because I fell in love with that. And I started to become the gym girl that I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I started work, like working on mindfulness, visualisation, you know, affirmations. And then I got a job again at Chelsea Football Club. And so it almost felt like I started to really delved deep into who I was even more, which enabled me to cope better. Um, and then literally after that, within six months, became a Gymshark athlete, started like posting on social media. Um, so it all happened pretty quickly. So I feel like for the past six years, I have always been very happy, mentally strong. Mm. My t- fitness wasn't always there. I had a little blip and, you know, my binge eating disorder, but it was all about, I, w- I was still aware of it. So I, I just took control of it because I was like, I could let this keep going on forever and ever, but I need to stop, realise what I actually want, figure it out and push and Mm. take action. Otherwise, I will just continue down this path of like... Mm binge eating and mm. not exercising I mean your 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 mind is incredible like you're a, an actual powerhouse <laughs> like it's amazing <laughs> because all of that happened as well when you were really young you were like 20 yeah I mean I like I couldn't cope with life at 20 without this traumatic incident you know <laughs> never mind with this like that's a lot to battle through yeah at a time when you're already feeling quite vulnerable and you know insecure did you did you feel and you said you know you were worried about guys not fancying you or not being fanciable afterwards and that is a time when we are like really focused on you know like attracting people I imagine it was more of a journey than just you know than just talking to yourself and being like well I don't want to know them anyway was that quite a difficult thing to when you came out of hospital and like you're you, you know you're speaking to guys and it's different yeah it's interesting because I guess I looked different, right? But mm. in t- inside, I was still me. And um, I thought I'm going to cry again. But it's not because... It's just because I don't think I've ever shared this before. I'm about to say. Oof. Um, We've still got tissue. Even though I looked <laughs> different... Yeah. Even though I looked different, I still felt the same. So I actually noticed a difference in how guys would treat me from mm. before to afterwards. Mm. Um, and, you know, someone once said to me, like, if I met you... Because they met me before mm. I lost my leg. They're like, if I met you after, I wouldn't have given you a chance and it's not very nice things and so weirdly I was just like oh that's very nice of you thank you for that um (laughs) no I know but that's what the perspective of me thinking okay well if you're going to be like that I don't want you anyway so I saw it as like a really good way to bat people away and I hate fakeness 
I'm not that sort of person. So if that's going to help cut out all the rubbish people, that was great for me. Um, but I, yeah, I felt like boys treated me differently for a short while, but I just didn't care because my focus was not them at yeah. all. I was just wanting to live my life, have fun, get my first, was relearning mm -hmm. to walk. And so I was single for four years and I just didn't want to be with anyone. Um, and I think that was really needed because I was able to really dig deep within myself. Um, and then my first boyfriend after that, he was like really lovely. So he was he was really nice and accepting and showed me, I guess, that I can still be loved. Um, but my boyfriend now is the absolute best person in the world. And he looks after me unbelievably. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, it, yeah I guess it was rough. He looks great. You guys look like you've got a really cool relationship. He did the yeah. Red Bull 400 with you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So that was so much fun. But the thing is, because I can't walk and I do, I'm do, i doing all these like difficult things, he is there. He will do, like, he will hold me. He will carry me. He will. He's just incredible like that. And I was so glad I had him with the Red Bull 400 because he was literally my physical and mm. emotional support there. Mm. Um, although he did do it before me because it was men's first and then women's and so I went up to see him at the top of the ski lift <laughs> I can laugh about it now but it was not funny at the time because I thought oh he'll give me all these tips this is great oh, and no. oh, I went God. to the top and I was already crying on the ski lift up because I was like whoa like, this is really emotional I can't believe I'm about yeah. to do this yeah. and um, I got to the top and I saw him and I was like Oh my God. Because he is so strong physically and mentally, right? Yeah. He could not speak. He was on the floor struggling. Like, oh. he couldn't even drink his drink. And I'm looking at him thinking, oh my God. You're the poster boy. Yeah. What on earth? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what on earth am I about to do? And it made it a trillion times worse because I just thought, if you're like this, what am I going to be like? So then I was crying even more. I literally oh, no. couldn't contain my emotions. And I, it was, yeah, it was crazy. He's probably trying to really hold it together <laughs> for you. Oh, it's fine. It's great. It's like a mogul. You'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, but for like 30 minutes, I was just like sobbing, oh, crying. Oh my God, bless um, you. So I had to like really get into like focus mode. And then I walked into a glass door, broke my sunglasses. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, no. And then I went to the start line, realised I forgot my number, which was like a five minute walk away in the the race was starting in like two minutes so it was all very frantic didn't really warm up got to the line and they were like on those big speaker really pickles cause being the first time for you tea then I was there like there's everyone staring at me inside I was like oh what is going God. on um, and was he there to meet you at the top yes boyfriend? he was yeah 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 he was he was actually running with me the last bit and you oh, was hear, yeah you can hear him shouting and yeah it's very sweet um, the videos are so yeah. sweet oh. it chills every time I think boy you've just done it's so I know. cool it's so yeah. cool I can't believe it what was it like just rewinding again going back to the gym when you went back after getting uh, getting your first and um, coming out Congrats, the other side of... Congrats, by the way. Thank Congrats. you. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, cool. Yeah, and coming out the other side of your binge eating. What was it like going to the gym? Did you go on your own? Like, what was it? Because if you were intimidated to go before by yourself and you'd only been once before, what was it like? And knowing as well, people are making comments saying, you know, and they make comments now saying congratulations or, yeah. you know, thanks for being here. Like, did you feel that there were a lot of eyes on you at the beginning when you were going in? Yes, Yes, and definitely. <laughs> it's not nice. There was times I just left the gym because I just felt like people were staring at me and yeah. I hated that. And I mean, majority of the time people are just looking at themselves. But I think me in a wheelchair, I stick out. Um, so it wasn't pleasant and I just would leave if I felt too uncomfortable. Um, but what really helped me is... I So I've had two in-person PTs. 
I became friends with a, pers- a PT in the gym, which really helped. And then I also had online coaches. So, and then I, I was researching online because I was really trying to find stuff for amputees, which actually there wasn't anything online. And so that's why I resorted to PTs because I thought, hopefully they can adapt exercises so I would go to private gyms with them first to build up my confidence um and then about a year in I decided okay I said in the initial moments I want to get to the Paralympics I need to start doing something about it so I got a running coach so I was I was I had a lot of people helping me essentially um and I did running for two years which I can talk about in a minute but um I think yeah having coaches really helped because it got me to a point of confidence that then I went into the gym and I wasn't so insecure because I actually understood what I was doing. I understood form and that confidence made my narrative and my mind switch to, okay, they're staring at me, but they might be thinking she's got great form. Yeah. You know, she's got a fake leg, but she's still doing form well. Or Have you seen that video that's just gone viral? Like it's a trend that's just gone viral and it's so nice and it's like, I'm going to butcher explaining it because it's really hard to explain one of these. But it's like a girl sitting there and it's like, she's saying, oh God, I wish I hadn't worn the shorts. Like I feel really self-conscious. And then it's another girl looking at her being like, God, I wish I'd been brave enough. And it's like the way that we feel in ourselves is so different to like the way that the way that we assume we're being perceived is so often not the way that we yeah. are um because actually now you're being told you're inspiring me like thank you for being here which is probably how people were perceiving you all along but you won't have felt like that yeah just because it's what you're telling yourself is what you think other people are thinking yeah. you have yeah. absolutely no idea no it's so i think if anything if you're thinking something negative the problem is with you so try and focus on your own mental state and working on that to try and flip the switch unless someone's obviously been really rude or whatever but if you have no idea what they're thinking but you're assuming you need to work on yourself yeah so then running running so yeah you went you were you got you you became your gym girl girl gal girl gal Girl. (laughs) you became a gym gal and then you started you got a running coach yeah what did running look like for you it took a long time to run i'll tell you that much um So I used to do running before and it was completely different, obviously, with the running blade. And I used to do 800 metres. And so I thought, well, I'm literally having to relearn how to run here. So let me do something completely new. So I thought 100 metre sprints, right? So I got... (laughs) Why Why not? not? (laughs) (laughs) Most people are like, couch to 5k. (laughs) I will sprint. I will sprint. (laughs) But also, like, another thing, this is a bit of a side note, but it's kind of scary because unless I have a running blade on, I can't really run that well or fast. So I always get scared if somebody's, like, near me or whatever because if they come near me, I actually can't run away. So I think that's a nice little thing with me doing sprints if I actually get good at running I can give it a go so it's more of like a protection thing really as well but um anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so sprinting it took me about sprinting is a good option if you want to learn how to run away (laughs) yeah (laughs) I will smoke you in 100 meters and try and take my bag (laughs) you won't (laughs) so funny but um yeah so it took me six months to even run and technically I could have run straight away but my coach, who was incredible, is incredible. She really was like, you need to be good at form. You need to do all the basics first. Because what I never realised before is everyone can just run to run. But to be able to run well and know how to run, because there's an actual like knack to it, and to do it safely is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And because being you know an amputee, I'm more likely going to get injured. So she was really strict with me and made me do so many different drills and build up the strength of my leg. Um and do plyometrics and stuff. And so it got to six months until I was, I was able to run, which, you know, was long waiting, but yeah. worth it. Because 
I'm probably going to butcher this now trying to explain, but when you're running with two legs, yeah. your leg is able to go to like a 90 degree angle and you land it underneath you. But mm. with my leg, it's more like a 180 angle because there's no strength in my quads and mm-hmm. hamstrings that I'm right. able to pull it down to like a 90 degree angle right. to let it land underneath me. So does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So for years, like I was like a year and a half, <laughs> so dramatic, years, year and a half. Um, it's I, more than a year. Years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, was trying to do that. And so that was my focus because that was so important for my form. And now I can do that without even thinking about it. And it just shows how much you have to really put in yeah. to do something which mm. a lot of, I guess, two, two-legged people can just do with ease. Yeah, and, and Yeah. So it was all about getting my flow to be really good and natural. And I did that. But I think... I what stopped me from wanting to do the Paralympics is one I wasn't dedicated enough to spend my whole life on it and two I just felt this weird pressure like it became something that I didn't enjoy anymore because I was trying to compete and it was it was a huge thing for me to acknowledge that okay I'm not going to try and go to the Paralympics now and to say it to my coach and to other people like it took a lot for me to build up the courage to say that and everyone was so understanding and accepting um and so yeah I stopped that uh but people online as well would be like can't wait to see you in the Paralympics even though I never actually officially said that that's what I was trying to do yeah but I think when you're disabled and you're seen to be exercising in general people assume that you want to be in the Paralympics just because you're exercising but it's like she's actually nuts because if you saw me on a run you wouldn't be like oh can't wait to see you at the Olympics I know, Literally, exactly I know. I to say. it's really not that easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus yeah. but I think it's because there's not enough I mean it's getting a lot better now but there's not too much awareness around disabled people and what people usually see is just the Paralympics yeah. so you, yeah. there needs to be more coverage across the board really and yeah. um, for it to be more normalised so I think that's why and that's just society but mm. hopefully it will change <laughs> so sorry I, was, I have so many questions um, but looking at you now it's like you've got I mean not doing the Paralympics but you have just set a world record and you've got <laughs> a partner who like you're just totally in love with and it just like it seems like you're just totally thriving as you should do you ever have not moments of because I know you said you you don't regret it at all but like when you said before and you were explaining like that you never you felt very connected to Millie on the inside when you look at yourself in the mirror has that stayed the whole way through have you maintained like a good relationship with the external Millie as well as the internal one yes so even recently when I couldn't walk for three months I gained weight there's two things I want to say about this actually the first one I gained weight and I couldn't you know do much and what I, what I could have done I stopped doing but I'll get onto that in a minute um so yeah I gained weight and I looked different in the mirror but I still love my body and what only made me feel rubbish what I realized was when I put on clothes that didn't fit me that's what bothered me more than anything mm-hmm. because then I felt bigger when actually naked, I was like, you go girl, like I loved it. <laughs> so I just bought new clothes and I felt good again. And it's crazy to me how much like external things can make you feel a certain type of way, but internally I still was yeah. happy with my body. That's so great. I'd say that's like the the main thing really. Yeah. yeah. You've got a very um, logical brain. 
it strikes me like I don't think we can relate necessarily to oh, that absolutely not but no, I'm I mean, very emotional too no but the fact that you've got the like foresight to be like the, this mm. it's the clothes here that's and you it sounds like you've been able to maintain that throughout the action like mm. well this is just that bit and this is just that bit and like you can categorize stuff so well to look yeah. at like look at the bigger picture yeah I can't do that well this is an example that I was about to say which links directly to that so when I couldn't walk for three weeks initially I was like this is great I've got a knee scooter this is so fun I was whizzing around the gym I was getting to machines quicker than other people I thought this is so fun <laughs> loved it and then my, my uh, prosthetist said I can't use my knee scooter anymore because where the saw on my leg was it was putting pressure on it and then I was I'm still waiting for a wheelchair from um, the care people and I was only using crutches and I couldn't even take my bins out they were sat in my kitchen for four days it's hard to go mm. to the shops couldn't even get any milk so I don't have the hands for it and it was much more difficult and I think as well newly living on my own not having much help I found a lot harder as well so it was like this new realization and it almost took me back to oh my god like I am actually really really disabled because yeah with me doing all these things my prosthetic leg really does enable me so it was like a reality check in a way and I did struggle after two weeks and I would even say that for the first time in my life I felt like I understood depression because that was just alien to me. I, I really, and I I just had no idea what it was like. And it was just during that period. And again, it's quite funny, actually. I was grateful in the end to experience that because it made me feel like I can understand people better. And I was happy about that. Mm. So like, I always try to view it in a... <laughs> Every day's a school day. <laughs> yeah, it is though. And But I was, for about two and a bit weeks, I did not want to do anything. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't wanting to see anyone. My friends, I literally didn't want to do anything except sit on the sofa. And it was getting to me. And I just thought, oh my God, I need to just figure this out right now because I was acting my emotions. And it's almost like when I'm doing those situations or I'm starting to feel myself go a certain type of way, I just stop and I question myself. So I just journaled what's actually bothering me here. And I realised... What was bothering me wasn't the fact that I couldn't walk. It was the fact that I stopped living my life because I couldn't walk. So then I'd, I started pushing myself to do things and like I'd do panel talks and I was, you know, seeing friends and whatnot, even though I did not want to. I met all of my um, boyfriend's friends, about 20 of them, and I was so petrified because I, I felt vulnerable and I just pushed myself. And when I did that, I actually felt so much better for it. And then I would forget that I couldn't walk and I would be suggesting ideas that involve walking. I was like, oh, wait, I can't walk. So it's just more about, you know, questioning yourself and figuring out what's the real issue here and that allowed me to be logical mm -hmm. so I did have a time where I was emotional and then I just thought okay enough's enough let me take control of the situation what can I do yeah so um that's that's always how I navigate my emotional state essentially I want that <laughs> <laughs> I want all of that <laughs> and like I don't I I don't want to say like you're an inspiration because that is feels so cliched and like I don't know, patronising, but I don't mean it in the sense that because you had the accident, but all of it, like the way, like I want to live like that. That's cool to me. That's very inspiring to me. I want to live with that mentality. You can be the first person to roll down the, um, roll <laughs> yeah, down yeah. the, the red bill for <laughs> Next year you'll be talking about it. I've got a world record. <laughs> no, but it's really cool. And it's so, it's so amazing to hear that and to hear how that has all played out for you and how your mind has played 
not just like a big part, like all of it. It's yeah. played all of it's done all of that. That's incredible. You have such a strong mind. Never mind your body. Like you have <laughs> such a strong, amazing mind. That's so cool. But that's why I think your mindset is so important. And if you believe you can and you can do something, yeah. you will. Like I'm a huge believer in that. And I think with the Rebel Four Hundred, I believe that, but it's also like a test again to myself, a little check in that I do believe in that and I can do that because it, it yeah, it was just a reminder that I, I do believe in what I believe and I, I act by that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I believe everyone can. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can and you did. <laughs> in 17 minutes, no less, Jesus. Yeah. What's next? What's next? So I feel like I've just got the challenge bug now. I just want to do so Love much. That. Yeah. Okay. I am, um, because obviously I did the 100 meter sprints. I now am just like, I really would love to do a marathon. Can you do long distance running? So the longest I've run is 3K. So it's a long way to go. Oh, okay. But I'm I'm going to build that well, up. What's a marathon? 26 miles. Yeah. 42K. I, I can do, okay. I can do okay. that. Oh, you're going to be great. I'm, so. I'm going to introduce you to my mum. She's going to yeah. have you do. It's going to be a lot. We get like, yeah. she's, uh, yeah. You have to come back on in a year. Yes. yes. And, and I'm see excited what you've done. to see what's happened. What's happened. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be huge. That'll be jokes. I yeah. can't wait. Amazing. Well, we'll see you in a year. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, you'll have your world record, Al. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I might have walked a mile by then, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. I've it's really so enjoyed good. it. Thanks, yeah, Millie. It's good. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Should I delete that is part of the ACAS Creator Network. 